0: excited to be here with all of you guys today. So I have a guest on my podcast today and you guys know that I have just recently started having guests. I think today is my third or my fourth guest. So you know that there's a lot of insane respect for the guest I'm about to introduce because I'm going to always start off with incredible guests when we go down that route. Now I know that not everybody that listens to Level Up with Debbie Neal is in the network marketing space, okay? I do know that we have a lot of people in corporate America. We have teachers, we have coaches, and I feel so grateful that this is a platform that so many of you plug into because we're really talking about leveling up our life, right? Our mindset, our energy, the way we think. But for those of you who, maybe you don't know this, but what I do as a profession is I am a network marketer. And I, I believe to a degree that everybody should be a network marketer. I believe that even if you have other passions in life, what you gain in the network marketing space, the way you develop yourself, the way you think, the way you show up in the world, you, it doesn't just transcend into your business. It, it, It seeps into your life. It seeps into your relationships. It seeps into how you show up, your confidence. So, I have such an insane love for this industry. So, I want to share that with you because if you're tuning in today and you're like, oh, I am the VP of sales with Exxon and this doesn't pertain to me. Yes, it does. It does it does. And and I want you to hear from this man because he is really an incredible leader in this space, but he has become a friend of mine. And I really I know that what he has to say has so much value and you're going to take so much from it no matter what you do professionally for a living. So today on today's podcast I have Frazier Brooks. And I'm really excited to have you here, Fraser. And before I even um let him get a word in edgewise. I want, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Frazier. He's a second generation network marketer. And so I already had the second ge- generation born in my home. I have two of my daughters that are in my business now. And when I started on my journey, uh, Brooke was six and Bailey was one and a half. So a lot of times we don't realize, gosh, that we're that we're really the visions we're putting out and the the behavior that we're having and the mindset we're developing has the ability to now go to another generation. So I love that Frazier is a second generation network marketer. And after attending his first event in 1987, in the womb of his mother, he went on to see his parents earn eight figures from this industry. I, you guys, I love saying eight figures out loud, eight figures eight figures eight figures and the reason i love saying that so much and you you always we are in our industry it's such a respectful industry and you always want to go by you know you always want to refer people to the earnings you always want to refer people to the averages we never want to make false income claims but that's the same in everything right if you were on a football team do you think you're going to start off and you're going to be in the NFL right but you have that ability if you develop the skill so i love just i'm going to say it again his parents earned eight figures from the industry and in 2010 he decided to begin his career as a distributor and in 5 years was able to build a business of a 300,000 customers using social media. And what Frazier does now is he's 100% generic coaching. So he's not with a specific company. He's not with a company. So he speaks and he and he does consulting to transform the industry of network marketing for the better. And I I really feel like I kind of do the same thing even though I am aligned with a company because I'm I'm just so for the industry and I believe that when one of us wins, we all win. So since 2017, Frazier has been able to speak on the stage in 33 different countries, generically start Success Summit the biggest generic event in Europe, host to chart topping network marketing ninja podcast, which I've had the honor of being a guest on and has helped hundreds of thousands of network marketers around the world start, promote, and grow their businesses online and wrote three best-selling books, which of all I have read. And so, Frazier, I'm really excited to be here with you today, and I'm so excited to have some fun and talk about an industry that we're both so passionate about. How are you doing?
1: I am doing amazing. Thank you so much. Hey, I've got a, I've got a little side note for you. So I'm the guy who really doesn't like being edified. I love the skill, and you have it so you've got you've mastered the skill of edification. But I'm the guy who, when I'm on the side of the stage, behind the stage, in front of the stage, whatever, and and people are reading off the accolades, the achievements, or whatever. I'm the guy internally, I'm like, <laughs> that's me, that's me. It's just so cringy, but. It's so important as well to kind of when you when you're saying these things, I'm thinking, huh, oh, I've done okay. I've done okay. Uh so i hey, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to to be able to be at the level up. Family, uh, and yeah, I'm excited about what for what's and, to come. And so I have to just call you out on something. Okay? I know, I knew you're gonna
0: say When we say that makes us feel cringy. Okay. So I would be like, okay, Frazier, like, I love you, but you're making that about you. (laughs) You're making that about you. Cause when we receive accolades, right. Part of that accolade is an accolade to your parents. Part of that accolade is an accolade to the 300,000 distributors. Right. So it's, it's, I, I used to say that I felt the same way, but then I was like, you know what? I'm representing people. And we, so, so I want you to be like, really, really proud of that. And Come now on, I love the that.
1: next time you, more. Next time you more squirm more.
0: and be like that, that darn Debbie Neal. So <laughs> here's here's the first thing. And, and to be honest, before we even came on here, I was going to write down some questions and I didn't. I think you and I fly by the amazing seat of our pants for a, for a couple of reasons. But one, I just like it to flow. I like it to be like what's on my heart. And if I would have wrote down questions, I wouldn't have asked you the question that that... I am about to ask you. And so one of the things we, I do have listeners that are not network marketing, but I have a lot of listeners that are in network marketing. And so I know that I feel that network marketing is for everyone. I, I, I feel that everybody should be aligned with a company because you, you learn so much from being in this space. So do you agree with this? Like, do you, what are some of the advantages, like what are some of the benefits of being in this industry, even if it's not your main income?
1: Yeah, and I think I think it's a great question because I have a very different perspective. And there's there's probably less than a hundred people in the world who have got a perspective that I have, maybe maybe even less than five. Um, so I've spent my entire life, every single second of my life in network marketing in some capacity or not. I often say that if you cut my wrists, blood doesn't come out, network marketing does. I would say that 97, maybe 98% of the conversations I've had with my dad have been about network marketing because we both love it so much that we don't want to talk about anything else. We just kind of have to, like, are you sure she's the one? Are you sure Are you sure everything's set financially? Are you sure that... That's like the little side conversations, but then it always comes back to, to network marketing. So... I love network marketing so much, and I believe that everyone should be involved in some level and some capacity because I've seen my mum and dad become my heroes. Like I can I can genuinely say that my mum and dad are are and will be the two most incredible people and most important people in my entire life. And because I've seen them sacrifice so much for the betterment of other people to therefore give us a better life. And the interesting thing was was I didn't think that when I was growing up. I actually thought that they were being selfish, right? So I thought that they were prioritizing the business over us. And it was always, yeah, but one day we'll never have to work. And, and one day you'll be grateful for this. And, but I'm like, dad, I'm like nine years old. I don't care about one day. I care about two Right? I care about today, not one day in the future. And when I hit 18 years old, uh, my dad built a dream home that we designed as a family 10 years before. It's a whole long, big story. Um, and that was the day that I realized that my dad had built a dream home, not for him, but for my mom, for him, for the dog, for me, my brother, for the, the family that was surrounding us. So I love Nettle um, I, it's I understand why some people don't like it. I understand that but I think that there's nothing else out there that's going to give your kids the perspective that you can get the growth. If you're in a traditional business and you want contacts, join a network marketing business. Do well because everyone in the company will want to come and eat at your restaurant or buy from your store or go to your clove shop because they just want a glimpse of you. They want to be around you. They want to support you and love on you. So, it's an amazing environment. It's an amazing profession. It's an incredible way to grow. I am extremely biased, like you are, Debbie. Like I'm super biased, um, but you just got to get involved, even if it's just for your kids to get them started in the entrepreneurial space. So, I could I could talk a lot about why I love network marketing, but I think that's the we main one.
0: I th- I feel like we could stay on here easily. I know when I was a guest on yours and like the time was up, I could have I could have continued to talk to you for hours more on end because. I love what I do so much. And so, okay, so another question that I'm getting from that conversation that we just had is I, in fact, I just recorded a podcast on this and it's about sacrifices. And, you know, people can look at a network marketing business. So here's the thing about network marketing. Anybody can do it. But then... The, the unfortunate thing is anyone could do it, right? So if you go, if you go to college and you 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 invest time and money to be a doctor or a lawyer or a business, whatever it is, you you invested that time in college, you invested that time in your education, you're coming out. A lot of times you're gonna start at the ground level. Of course, you're gonna show up to work and you do whatever it's gonna to take to succeed. Okay. Some of you might be commuting an hour each way. Some of you, like there's every single thing in life requires a sacrifice, but somehow we can justify it when we don't have a choice. And so for me, I know when I started my business and we have to say this legally, my results are not typical. Okay. But neither am I, I'm not typical. My mindset isn't typical. My work ethic isn't typical. Like I'm just not typical. I'm not saying I'm special, but I'm saying I'm not typical. Okay. So when I came into this business, I saw the potential not the averages, the potential. And it was like somebody let a beast out of a cage because I'm like, I've got a sick work ethic. I was an athlete. I was a trainer. Like everything I prepared, I was preparing for network marketing. And I made sacrifices, Frazier. Like I was that one. I, I was out seven nights a week. There was no social media. I was selling the dream. I was going from living room to living room. And and I could remember a few instances where people were like, wait a minute, but this has happened and you're gonna go to work and you're gonna do a meeting. But everybody else in a corporate job, they're like, well, I don't have a choice. So all of a sudden people are martyrs when they don't have a choice. But when you have a choice, you're selfish. And, and so I guess really my question is, people want the reward. They see the potential in network marketing, right? But how often are you coaching people? But really the breakdown is they just don't want to make the sacrifices. They don't want to do what's necessary to have what's possible.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. And, and there's two things that usually come up and it's, it's either... A consistency thing or the sacrifice thing. So let's go through the the sacrifice thing first. I'm a great believer in you've all got to have a season of no. Now, a season of no is like a solid one, two, three, five, ten years of saying no to everything that you usually say yes to. So Netflix, parties. Nights out with your friend, celebration dinners, like all these things that you're like, but but then life is boring. It might be boring for the next three years, but life will definitely not be boring in the next five, ten, twenty years. So when I was when I kind of got my my coaching business off the ground I decided to resign from like the income. I had a residual income for those of you who know network marketing. You know you, you build a, a, an income up, and you have leadership in your organization, and you earn a commission based on on their efforts from what you did previously. I had a multiple six figure residual income didn't have to get out of bed and I'd, I'd make a lot of money and i decided to resign all and go back to zero because i'm a great believer in hungry dogs run faster so i went from zero i was living at my mum and dad's home which was a five or six million dollar multi million dollar mansion in, in the northwest of the uk and i moved to the middle in the middle of nowhere in germany with my russian fiance and we got a studio apartment where we had to share a bathroom with three other apartments it was moldy i'm six foot one and a half and the ceiling was about six foot three so i couldn't actually stretch up the bathroom was sorry the the bed was about three foot away from where we made our burgers in the morning and the afternoon and in the evening it absolutely stank and there was no there's no tv for three years so what did i do i was like i've got to get myself out of this situation i've got to be able to Hustle. So I just worked 16 hours a day, 16 hours a day, no TV, no Netflix, no this, no that. And you know what? My friends, after three or four months of me saying no to them, stopped asking me. And it's a lot of you are listening and going, oh, God, I couldn't imagine that my friends have stopped inviting me to things. But I promise you, you'll be inviting them on yacht trips. You'll be inviting them to holidays. And one day they're just going to say, I can't, I can't afford it. And you will be so grateful for the effort that you put in, so much so that the new friends that you get will be able to do what you really want to do all over the world. I'm a great believer in your friendship now will most likely not be the friendship groups that you're going to have 5, 10, 20 years from now because they're going to support the growth of your future self. So that's the first thing. It was like, what are you saying no to for like one, two, three years? Every year, I give up one thing that I did too much of the previous year. It usually is food. So I gave up yogurt. I gave up popcorn popcorn was really hard. I've given, I've given up milk. I've given up gluten. I've given up everything. And if I can do it for a year, I'm like, I'm going to go do it for two years, three years, four years, five years. So I can cut a lot of stuff out. The second thing is consistency, which I think a lot of people don't understand this rule, which I'll share with you guys that changed my life. And it's very easy to say, change your life, but it's called the rule of three. Now the rule of three States for every one day you miss when you're building a business, you go back three. So most people will treat their their business like a job. So they do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So they've done five days. Then they take Saturday and Sunday off their business, right? Because they deserve the right to have time off on the weekend. They deserve the right to spend time with their kids. And I get that. I completely get that. But when you don't do anything on a Saturday, you've then cancelled out Friday, Thursday, Wednesday. And then you don't do anything on Sunday, then you've cancelled out Tuesday, Monday, and the previous and the previous Friday. So although you might work five days a week and you might hustle your face off, if you miss two days, you actually go back a week. And people come all the time and say, Fraser, I'm working five days a week, but I'm just not getting any progress. Well, I'm saying, well, what are you doing on a Saturday and Sunday? Oh, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, that's that's like family time. You've got to establish what the minimums are. What is the bare ass minimum that if you're sick, you're traveling, you don't feel like it, your kids got sick, you're still going to do it. It could be one reach out, one connection, one live, one podcast, one video, one reel, one message, one follow-up. Just one thing keeps you from going back three steps. So those are the two things. Maybe it mainly is obviously the things that are sacrificing. What is the no season that you're going to go on? But then second of all, like, are you staying in the game every single day or are you going back three spaces every single every single week and that's it
0: i love it and you know what so you just said something interesting you said be willing to give up x amount of time so i know that i was willing i'm still willing Okay. Because I, I know the rewards and, I, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm self-motivated. I'm certainly not perfect, but I am self-motivated. I'm, hu- and I'm hungry, but there's so many people will be like, well, I'm, I'm willing. So like, if there was, if there, if there was activity, I would do it. Or if there was somebody on my team that needed me, I'm, I'm here, but nobody needs me. So I feel like I'm fine to do this. Like, I think people, especially once you start creating a team We go from leading to essentially managing. We don't do it intentionally, but we're like, if you need me, hi, I'm here. I'm willing to work seven days a week. Oh, nobody needs me. Okay. So, right. And we see that so often just because you're willing doesn't mean you're hungry. Doesn't mean you're working. And if you have an organization that is not chasing you, like chasing you, like looking for you on fire, then you know, you kind of have to ask yourself, uh, they might not be working their business today to the desire that you'd love them to be, but, but we get to determine we're not responsible for the results of our team, but we are responsible. I believe we're responsible for the atmosphere in which we create. So when you talk about those three years with your head down, and I can remember a story in particular, I was building like a maniac, I didn't lift my head up. I I didn't know how to turn it off, Frazier. Like I didn't, people would be like, you're not present. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I actually don't even know what you're talking about. Like, no, like I'm, I'm physically, I'm not, I'm not physically present. I'm not, I'm not emotionally present because my mind was on fire. Like it was, it was so excited. It was absolutely full of fire. And so I remember my kids at the time, Brooke was six, Tyler was four, Ryan and Bailey were one and a half and I was out. I was doing four presentations a day, seven days a week. And some people could look at that and be like, ew, ah, just thinking about it gets me excited. And so I remember Brooke was six at the time and she said, just promise me on my birthday. And we talked about this. I, she was actually my first guest on my podcast. Promise me on my birthday, you will not do a meeting. Now she asked me this in August, her birthday is November 14th. I go, I can make that promise. I'm going to, I'm going to make that promise. Well, on November 14th, my team and I, we were in qualification for the top level, a bunch of my team exploded. There was a meeting that day that I wasn't in charge of putting on, but it was put on and you know what leaders show up and I was at a crossroads and we think sometimes we do this for our kids, but I want to, I want to, I can't break my promise to my kids, but my ultimate promise to my kids was to be the best mother that I possibly knew how to to fight for what I believe in, to build a life that we could all be proud of. And sometimes that requires making hard decisions. So instead of sitting her down and be like, baby girl, I didn't make the choices and I don't have a choice. We always have a choice. We always have a choice. I sat her down and I go, guess what? We're going to go to a meeting on your birthday. And you normally go to bed at seven and you're going to stay up till nine. And then we're going to go out to dinner. And like, it's all in the delivery, right? And now, not knowing at the time that she might be a leader in my business, I was a mother in her life, which I still am. And I look back and I realize like how those lessons, how those lessons really grow into your business. So I think what you're saying about putting your head down for, Mm -hmm. I see you want to say something, say it.
1: No, 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 no. You're just triggering so many different things. Like go, it, it's, it's, it it's, a, it's, it's amazing when you speak to a really good storyteller, how many stories they, they kind of trigger in your own life. So you, you mentioned before that you have a really strong work ethic. Well, when I was growing, going through school, I was the laziest person ever, like really lazy. And the teachers would like kind of, you know, parents even, and they would kind of call mom and my mom and dad in and be like, you know, phrases like super fricking lazy. And my dad turned around to him and says, I know why he's lazy because this school thing is an interference to his life. Because my dad was like, really like, he's going to be an entrepreneur. He's going to be a net marketer. My mom was like, get good grades. And like, we'll figure that out. My dad was like, no, 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 100% clarity. He's doing it. And, uh, you know, that was a kind of interesting dynamic, but my, myself, my brother and my sister we all have. I don't know anyone who works harder than us. Like, I just don't know anyone, and it it can't be coincidence that us three are all super. Like he, my brother will tell tell anyone he's the hardest working person he knows. My sister will th- will say the same. Like it's because we've seen mom and dad just work hard and hard and hard and just keep going and going and going and going. And it's funny because like. When I look at the whole management mode situation, I believe there's three levels in network marketing. There's the ego level. We all get started. I want to make this. I want to make that. I want to do this. I want to do that. And depending on your success, you go into the second level, which is I want to help my team get to where I've got to. I want to help my team. And the easiest way of doing that is then... Well, I'm not going to recruit. I'm going to help them recruit because if I help them recruit, they'll get to me super fast. So then then the management mode kind of happens. And if you don't go into level three, then you'll stay in management mode. And level three is, is what you and I talk about a lot, which is mission. So it starts as ego, then it goes to the team, and then it's I want to help everyone because I flipping love I love this thing and I always say that if the mission if the mission is bigger than the commission you will never have to worry about the commission and if you've got such a strong mission you will tell everyone about it whether they're in the business or not. I think I think the last thing that you triggered to me was I'm a great believer that in order to be a good mentor you have to be a tour mentor. So my dad tormented me like Crazy. He used to say, when you wake up in the middle of the night with cold sweats, thinking, oh, God, I haven't, I haven't had a check-in with my dad, who was my mentor. Like, I've not done my job right. But what he did really well is he made me feel super bad about thinking too small, but he made me feel flipping incredible by being so far away from the vision that I had. Like, it was, it was a magical thing kind of being a part of that. And I feel that if I wasn't a part of that, I would not be able to be that level of mentor to other people. So the mentorship in my life, but also my business had just a huge impact, not just from what was taught to me, but honestly, almost all of it was just caught by me. I just picked it up because I heard him having conversations. So I think for the listeners, especially when you're thinking about you building your network marketing business or thinking about joining it, or even you have your traditional business, how many people in the organization are genuinely catching your fire and catching your philosophies and catching your vision instead of, right, guys, it's Tuesday night, time to get on our Zoom call and talk about Leadership 37. That's one level. That's the tort level, but the court level, oh, that's when lives completely change. And you just made me think about that because I'd not really thought about that for some time. And uh, yeah, me and my dad just talk every single flipping day and I just take it for granted. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that you've triggered that.
0: And I love vision. I think vision is everything. So, you know, one of the questions that I get asked all the time is how long do you work with somebody? And, and I know that there should be, right, there's the 80-20 rule and everybody has, I don't really have that. So a lot of times my answer is I really work with somebody till they develop a vision that's going to pull them further than any objection that's going to come their way. And so I've had leaders that say, you've only worked with me three months. Take that as a compliment. We're going to work with each other on a different level. In fact, I could remember a story I had. Um, with somebody who grew to the top level of my company. And she grew there fairly quickly. And it was in her second month of, of business. And I could tell that like she was doing amazing. And so I was supposed to do a presentation with her that night. But I'm a very big believer in leaders know when to step into the spotlight and they know when to step out. Out of the spotlight. So she was coming over to borrow some clothes because she was like out of the corporate world. And now we're like, you know, you still want to dress professional to do a meeting. And so I told her, you know, something came up. I have another meeting. So you're going to do this on your own. I didn't have a meeting. I was sitting home doing absolutely nothing, but I knew that she was ready to fly. So I sent a text and I said, you know, so and so is coming over. When she comes over, don't let her know I don't have a meeting tonight. And then I come downstairs and I'm like, oh, so and so is coming over. And they're like, she is. I go, what do you mean she is? I text you. And like, you didn't text me. And I'll immediately, I'm like, like, you know, if you've got somebody on your brain, if you didn't text your family, I knew I just text the person. Okay. So I actually text the actual person. And it said, when so-and-so her name comes over, don't let her know. I don't have a meeting tonight and I'm sitting home. So I said, this is going to be a, how she responds is going to let me know her level of leadership today. And I open the door and I go, clearly, you know that I don't have a meeting tonight. And she goes, I trust you. And if you're back and out of the meeting, you know, I'm ready to fly and I've got this. And so, you know, when you have a vision, you, anybody, you know, whatever company you're aligned with, right. I'm sure it's an incredible company. I'm just a stand for the industry. Okay. So, Whoever you're with you're 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 with you're with the same company as everybody else, right? Everybody else in your company, you have the same products, you have the same opportunity. The there's a few variable things. One of them is your level of commitment, your level of excellence, your standards, but it's your vision. It's your vision. Because at the end of the day, no matter how good the product is that you're selling, why you? Where are you? Going. Like, you know, one of the greatest qualities of a coach is the ability to lead an entire team towards one common vision. So, the things I'm hearing you say, Frazier, is that like it was your father casting that vision over and over and over again. Now, I'm a big believer, and you don't need an upline, you need, you need a success line, a downline, whatever, whatever you call in your company, because people use that as an excuse. My upline's not that committed. My upline quit. I had so many uplines that quit. I just showed up on random people's doorsteps all the time. (laughs) And so, I mean, that's just what happened. Like it was like a revolving door for me, but you're always going to go up to somebody that's committed. And I could blame that people left, but at the end of the day, we're responsible for our vision. And when we don't have a vision, right, I, I do want your perspective on this because I believe when we don't have a vision, we put a lid on our team. When we don't have a what's next, we put a lid on our team. When people say to me, but I'm happy where I am, first of all, I don't believe that. Like, I I, do I. I, I do not like do you actually believe those words coming out of your mouth when you know what the potential is I'm happy where I am translates to I'm gonna stay in my comfort zone because growth is really painful and vulnerable but so staying where you are so I would just love you to touch on like the importance of a vision because I believe with that vision we perish
1: and I couldn't agree more uh, my, my dad used to always say to me Fraser you don't need good eyesight to have good vision. And it was funny because like, when it comes to like the 80-20 rule, I never had the 80-20 rule, but my rule was give me a reason to work with you for a season. That was what we used to say, give me a reason for me to work with you for a season. If that one season turns into four seasons, then fine. If it turns into six seasons, great. If it's just one season, amazing. But again, like you, when the independence was there and then I did a really weird test, I don't necessarily advise this, but it was just something that I, I could do because I knew I had leverage with my dad who was really helping me out. If, if it didn't go according to the plan, but it, it worked every time. It's just a really weird thing. So when I, when, I ha- when I was convinced and had the certainty and clarity that I had a new leader because they were independent, I actually said like, hey, I'm going away for a week. Now, I didn't go away for a week. But it was a test to see would that business, would that line, would that leg, would it thrive, would it survive, or would it nosedive? And if it survived or thrived, I knew that I was not needed. But if it nosedived, I knew that I was, I was needed. And every single time it, it, thri- it thrived or survived, and that was my test to see you're good to go. Like you're, you go on your own, fly, like fly, baby, fly. Um, when it comes to vision, I struggled in the beginning. And I'll tell you the exercise that I did that completely changed my life. I go into my dad's office and I said, dad, I, I, I'm going to quit. I was making about $300 a month at a time, which was my goal, which was the, the ego phase was I want to make $300 a month. Crazy when I think of it now, right? But I was 21, 22. And like, yeah, that's kind of was a lot of money to me back then. Um, so I sit down and I say, dad, I, I can't see myself making more money. I don't feel worthy of making more money. Like, I think I'm just going to kind of quit. And he said, Fraser, you don't get paid what you want. You get paid who you are. And I was like, well, that's a load of rubbish, isn't it? Like, I was just so defiant and just like, eh. He was like, you don't get paid what you want. You get paid who you are. Who are you? I was like, what do you mean, who am I? He said, what I want you to do is I want you to imagine that you walk into a room full of 200 people and you don't know these people, they don't know you, and you're going to speak to every single person, either one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-five, and at the end, you're going to get to speak, you're going to get the microphone, and you're just going to share a story about yourself. Then you have to leave the room and the 200 people have to decide three words that make up who you are. Like, let's describe Fraser in three words. And my dad said, what are the three words that people would say about you? And I was so proud to say, kind caring and friendly. I'm kind, I'm caring, I'm friendly. And the people listening in, I guarantee there's a bunch of you guys who are thinking, yeah, yeah, that's me. And you're proud of it. My dad turned to me and said, Fraser, what if I told you that the reason why you believe you're kind, you're caring and you're friendly is the reason why you will never make more than $300 a month? And I was like, oh, thanks, dad. Like, so I've got to change. He said, isn't changing the point? You know, so many people are like, oh, you've changed, you've changed, or don't change, Fraser. The whole idea of personal development is to change to a degree. So he said, right, 10 years from now, you'll be 31, 32, This was back then. I want you to imagine that you are going to walk into a room. There's 200 people. They're different this time. There's 200 people, and you get to speak to everyone. One-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-five, one-on-ten. At the end, you get the microphone, you share a story, and then you leave. What are the three words that you want people to say? And I said, Dad, I'm going to have to sleep on this. And he challenged me. He said, why do you need to sleep on it? You're not going to think about it in your sleep. I was like, blah, 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 whatever. So I went away, and I really wrote down. I brain-dumped all the words. Kind, caring, and friendly never came up. But what stood out was value, inspiration, and energy. These three words. And my dad, I got sat back down to my dad and we discussed the words. He said, why value? I said, I want people to be able to say, man, he taught me something I didn't know before I had a conversation with him. What about inspiration? I want to be able to tell my story and people be like, whoa, that has set me on fire. And I want to be able to walk into a room and everyone bright up or be set on fire because I've got so much energy. He said, are you showing up that way in your life right now? I said, absolutely not. He said, do you think that if you provide more energy, you tell your story to more people and you show up more energetically, that you're going to get paid more as a result? I was like, yes. So I went on this journey of just being this source of value, inspiration and energy. And every single time I hit a road bump, I went, you know what? I'm just going to go provide more energy, whether it's to a prospect, whether it's to a team member, whether it's to a leader, whether it's to someone on social media. I started telling my story better, but I was showing up at events and online with more energy than you could ever imagine. You would think that it was my best friend on the stage every single person, every single person who walked across. And it's funny because I know we don't like talking about income, and I don't, I don't like to disgust people by talk about money. But my dad had hit ten, like ten million dollars. Talked about eight figures before, eight figures by the time he hit fifty-two. I hit it when I was 32 and I said to him, I said, dad, I've hit eight figures at 32 years old. I'm 20 years ahead of you. He didn't like that, right? Cause he's a huge alpha male red extrovert, right? And he said, did that thing I taught you help you? I said, yep. And then he asked me for half. He was just kidding. He was just kidding, of course, but it was that conversation that made me realize, hang on, I'm project, I'm casting a vision of my future self And I'm just going to show up. And we just used that exercise with everyone in the team. Um, We had a personal vision like for everyone because everyone was different. And we had a team vision, like you said, one vision, united, focused on it. And it just blew everything up. Everyone just blew up. And even now today, the vision is to become the most valuable asset in network marketing history. How do I do that? Provide more energy, inspire people, and just be energetic with everything I do, regardless of how I feel. So... Yeah, another story that you're triggering, Deb. You're uh, you're good at that.
0: I'm grateful I didn't prepare anything for this podcast because I love I'm loving this conversation. And I'm I think that everybody should do that exercise. See, I'm a really big believer in you don't sponsor enroll what you want. You you sponsor who you're being, right? So it goes in a long when people say to me, I have a team and they're not on fire, you're not on fire. I have a team and 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 they don't have big goals, they're not hungry, and I'm like, Hmm, um, you don't have big goals. You're not hungry. So one of the, and again, we don't do it to be critical, right? But at the end of the day, I'm a coach, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what I love so much about network marketing. And one of the reasons I think everybody should be in network marketing is because what it really is, no matter what the company is that you represent, it's a, pers- it's a journey of personal growth. And I didn't get that. When people are like, it's a journey, it's a journey, it's a journey. And I remember thinking, I joined this because I saw the potential. I'm not on a journey. You people have lost your damn minds. I'm not on a journey. And then all of a sudden I realized, I'm on a journey. Like the best way I make people laugh sometimes. I'm like, the best way I could really describe network marketing is like, you feel like you have everything together, but then all of a sudden like you're swinging from a lamppost naked because it's like, you need to grow. You're vulnerable. You have to put your heart out there. You have to really like peel away the layers of the onion. And then you're like, you grow. And then all of a sudden you go, I I got all my clothes back on. I'm good. And then we talked about the mission state again, right? So you go into mission state and you're like, how did I end up here? Now I'm flipping around this flagpole Naked again, but that we just keep evolving to the next level. And uh, one of the things that I always say too, which goes in alignment, is we want to be the difference. We wish to see in our in our organization, and 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 again, you could you could put that in anything you do for a living if it's not network marketing. And to turn your complaints into commitments. So when you think about some of the complaints in 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 this industry, this fabulous industry, it could be something like, um, "My team doesn't strive to earn bonuses." Turn it into a commitment. Be the one who earns every single bonus. You know, a, a complaint could be, "My team is not in enough activity." Be Turn that into a commitment. I am going to be in the most activity. My team is not hungry. What's the commitment? Be hungry, right? We have the ability in this profession to turn our complaints into commitments. And it's all part of that growth. So I feel like I could sit here and talk to you forever. I don't even know how long we've been talking, but I'm going to ask you this question because it's probably going to be a very open ended question. Like if you had to give people, there's a lot of people in network marketing. Here's the thing about network marketing. I believe people give up too quickly. Okay. I, it's a really big belief of mine. People start a business. They see the potential. They maybe talk to five or 10 people. If they don't get the response they want, all of a sudden they put their dreams on hold. They put their vision on hold. And all of a sudden, instead of playing big, they're like, oh, you know, I can't because I have my job or I have my kids. And they start to use their why as an excuse, right? And they start to slither back because at the end of the day, the greatest thing about this business is not a big investment, right? Some people make no investment at all. So what is there to lose? You talk to five or 10 people. And I could tell you from my experience, I talked to 100 people in my first week. 100. and I'm not talking about messages, 100 people spoke to Debbie Neal in my first week. And people look at my results and say, four people said yes to her. But 96 people either said no, jumped in a bush, thought I was crazy. And, but this is what I could tell you. I I, I couldn't play, pay my bills with their opinions. And I wanted more. So I had to like be more. So that's my long-winded story. But if you had to give somebody like a piece of advice, I mean, and I could write a book on pieces of advice in, in network marketing. Right. I haven't yet, but I can, um, what would that be? Like what? Because there's listeners are like, what?
1: Yeah. I can, I can tell you from my experience, what's helped me the most. And I'm a great believer that, like you said, people quit before payday. There's that great image that majority of people have seen. There's two kind of like diamond miners. One guy's give up and walking away, and the other person's just like sweating with like a pickaxe on his way to the diamonds. It's so, it's so true. But the, a lot of people talk about, oh, you got to have a why that makes you cry. you got to find your why. But if you actually go back in time to find out the root of how that came up, it wasn't the word why. It was the word wish. So a lot of you guys listening and you've probably heard or you've probably seen the movie Aladdin, whether you've watched it as a kid, you've watched it as an adult. I love it. I love the cartoon version. I love the new version with Will Smith. I love them both. I think it's amazing. But I want you to imagine, like, you find the genie lamp and the genie pops up. It could be Debbie. It could be me. Debbie suits blue. I kind of like blue, too. But, like, here we go. So we pop up and we say, your wish is is your command, not my command, your wish is your command, what wish do you want? And you're going to say things, surface level things like more money, more time, better health. Now here's where why came from, because the genie is not going to grant you the wish unless you answer the question why seven times. So again, here we go. I want more money. Why? So I can travel the world. Why? So I can live life on my terms. Why? Because I want to show my kids the world, the whole world, a whole new world, right? Why? I want to be able to to have no regrets. Why? Because my granddad said that his biggest regret is he didn't show travel. Why is that important? Because I don't want to live with... So we find the root, we actually find the real wish that you actually want. And then every single day, this is what I did every single day. I still do it today. I ask it, I ask it to myself two times a day when I'm brushing my teeth and looking in the mirror in the morning and I'm brushing my teeth and looking in the mirror before I go to bed. What's the alternative? That is all I ask myself in the morning. If I don't do the work today, what's the alternative to get in my dreams? What's the alternative life I'm going to live? And then before I go to bed, hey, if I didn't do what I did today, what would be the alternative life that I would be living or the alternative life that I would be setting in stone or the alternative to what I need to do in order to get this life, that has kept me in the game for so many days. I I promise you this, in the first year, I wanted to quit five days out of seven. I I I just didn't think I was made for it. I wasn't obsessed. And then all of a sudden, one day, I became obsessed with not changing my life, but changing the lives of other people because I saw them going on their journey. So know what your real why is. Debbie talks about this a lot, right? But then ask yourself that question. If it's not this business, if it's not another business you're doing, what's the alternative to get that wish? Because I almost guarantee it, you don't have an alternative that comes close to the one that you have. Um, I love what you said about turning your complaints into commitments. I make notes on everything. I can make notes on every single word that you say. But the the last thing that I I will share here, and again, it comes back to what you talked about, about leadership, is a lot of people maybe be in the situation where I need to find better people. Like, I need to find better people. I need to find more serious people. Instead of finding better people, do your people better. It's a philosophy that I've kind of lived with. Instead of finding better people, do your people better. As Debbie said before, personal growth grow, bring more energy, bring more value, tell your story, show up, show up, show up. And We have a rule in our home, don't show off, show up, right? Don't show the things that you buy, show up to other people and show you them how they can buy the things that they buy. But it all comes back to make a decision on what your why is, commit to that decision, and then execute, 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 execute. It's very simple, but if you do it on your own, and you don't tune in and get yourself brainwashed every single day. You got to wash your body if it gets dirty. So you might as well wash your brain because that gets dirty too. Like, who are you listening to? Like, is Debbie flooding your mind with positivity? So much so that you have to turn around to your partner or your friends or your kids or your colleagues and say, you know what? I've had enough of that negative talk, right? So make a decision, commit to it, execute. What's the alternative? Will save your life more more ways than I can ever imagine for you. And uh, please know that I'm your friend. I'm rooting for you. I'm cheering for you uh, because I'm a big fan of everything that you're doing, especially if if you love Debbie like I do. So I'm just very grateful for being here, Debbie. Thank you.
0: You know what? You lose your why, you lose your way. Yeah. And that's why it's so important. We end up wandering through the industry instead of really building it with intention. When you lose your why, you lose your way. So Fraser, Mm -hmm. I have... Every single time that you and I have gotten together, it's been really fun. Like yeah, right. I, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I see you and I on on stage uh-huh. somewhere. I think I think it. I think it's that's going to happen one day. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's
1: happened. Mm-hmm.
0: So let me ask you a question. Where can people find you? I follow Fraser. He mm. is his content is awesome, hmm. really, really awesome, I and I love it. Like I'm aligned with one company, but everything I do is for. It's for the industry. It's for the masses, and and he truly does that because he's not aligned with a company. So where can people find you, Frazier?
1: So uh, I'm on all. I'm I'm one of those guys who's on every single platform. It's overwhelming. But uh, if you like podcasts, then have the Network Marketing Ninja podcast. Uh, that's usually the best way to 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 kind of go. I just if you're someone who listens to podcasts, just. Here's what I would love for you to actually do, and I'm sorry, I'm I like talking as well. Let the creator know, or the person's being interviewed know, like the one thing that you learn from each episode. Because I promise you, if you go and message Debbie after every single episode you listen of her podcast, you will be able to go through the chat with Debbie and just be like, "I learned so much." I've, you've got you've got one chat with all the things that you've learned over the years, and it will save you. So uh, yeah, Network and ninja podcast. We do a, a podcast episode every week. It's not as good as the Level Up podcast though, right? So yeah, so, so prioritize so this one. And then uh, if you want a secondary, you can come over to mine.
0: Yes, you're so funny. Now, you know what? Abundance breeds abundance and Always. there's plenty for all of us Always. to go around. And if you're in the industry, you need to be following and you need to be listening. So thank you, Fraser. This was a pleasure. Love you, my friend.
1: Oh, big love. Thank you.